How do you pick a geographic farm? While I'm back in my car, it constantly um, uh, brings back the questions that I get asked often. And there doesn't go uh, by a week when I'm asked the question of, hey, Sharon, how do you pick a geographic farm? And I want to actually share this with you by busting a myth and walking you through the math. So I was talking to a team and they were telling me how they'd gotten the, this advice that they should farm or build a farm around a recent sale that they had. So this team had a recent sale in a neighborhood and they started farming this neighborhood. Uh, and six, seven, eight months later, they were having very limited success. In fact, they were not even getting any inquiries or any kind of traction. But it makes sense, right, to farm uh, uh, this, this age-old advice of farming around your last sale because one, you've just uh, helped sell someone a home so there is a buyer that has just bought in that community. That's number one, so you have a client there. Number two, you have a track record there because you just sold something there so you can use that to your advantage. And number three, you've learned about the community helping them buy a home so you actually know a little bit about it and that forms the base for starting it. Uh, the farming process. So that makes sense. It makes sense to try and consider farming around your last sale. But this team missed a couple of the other components. And after farming for six uh, to eight months, they had no traction whatsoever. And I know it takes 12, 18, 24 months to get real traction, but not even getting any inquiries, not even seeing any progress that you're making is tough. Keep that story in mind while I walk you through how to pick a geographic farm. And while there's no silver bullet, I can give you a framework that can really help you understand and lay out and make the right choice or make a, make a more prudent choice when you are considering multiple different neighborhoods that you're considering to have as your geographic farm. So here are four metrics that you wanna consider while having a geographic farm. Now, let's say you're evaluating three to five neighborhoods and you want to put them on a spreadsheet or a legal pad or a whiteboard or just a cocktail napkin. Track these, track these four numbers. Uh, lean on you know, the MLS or your title rep or whatever to get this information. I, I guarantee you it will really help. First of the four pieces of information that you need to have when you pick a geographic farm. Number one, what are the total number of homes? What is the total number of homes in that neighborhood? This number is actually very important because if there are 500 homes in the neighborhood or versus 100 homes in the neighborhood, there's a good chance that when you're just starting out, you may be actually able to uh, do more with a 100 home farm than a 500 home farm. Um, and we can get into that later, but number one, total number of homes. Number two, average sales price. Always know what you're getting into. That way when you're comparing the neighborhoods, you can see what the average sales price is because even today, as of today, we still get paid a commission based on the sales price. So know what the average sales price is. Number three, velocity. Velocity is just um, uh, a, a phrase that I use that is uh, that defines something very specific and then that is the total number of sides uh, as a percentage that is available to you. So what does that mean? Let's say for easy math, there are 100 homes in the neighborhood and let's say seven of, uh, on average, seven homes sell per year in that neighborhood. So seven units sell per year. Seven divided by 100 is 7%. That is the turnover. 
that that's that many that means seven percent of units in that neighborhood turned over and sold but as a real estate professional you have an opportunity to represent two sides in a transaction so the total number of sides available for potential representation is twice that so it's not just seven but it's 14 sides that you can potentially represent so in this case 14 divided by 100 is 14%. I consider that the velocity or the absolute raw velocity, which gives you something to go after. Because if you farm that neighborhood well, you have an opportunity to get some mind share and capture those. So number one, total number of homes. Number two, average sales price. Number three, velocity. And number four, is there a dominant agent? Is there a dominant agent? Is, is there any agent in that marketplace that does 15% or more in market share? 15% or more in market share. Because if they do, they're clearly biting off a significant chunk in the market. Uh, for all the neighborhoods uh, that, I have, that I have reviewed and learned about, there are, there are almost, uh, there, there, there are very, very few farms and neighborhoods which have more than 15% market share by any given agent. There's a lot of fragmentation in today's marketplace, which is where you, as a real estate advisor, can have significant success if you promote yourself well and if you have a thoughtful strategy. But knowing who the, who the market leader is, knowing if there's a dominant agent is very helpful to you. And you, if you can put these four uh, metrics on a grid, maybe a spreadsheet or a, or a legal pad or, or a piece of paper or a whiteboard, and it'll give you a really quick sense of which farms are the farms you should go after? Number one, total number of homes. Number two, average sales price. Number three, velocity, which is basically total number of sides as a percentage of the total number of homes. And number four is their dominant agent. Now let's get back to the story where we had the successful team start to build this farm around their last sale. Well, when they ran this exercise, they realized pretty quickly that the total number of homes was 350. The average sales price in that community was 1.7 million here in California. And the velocity, the velocity, average velocity over five years was close to zero. That's right. The average velocity over the last five years was close to zero. There's the sale that they had represented was the only sale that had happened in that community in the last five years. That community was not a community that has active turnover. That was, a, that was a low turnover community. And that is why farming there with not a lot of uh, active turnover didn't give them the edge, didn't give them the math, didn't give them the numerical advantage for them to build a sustainable geographic farm. That's why age old wisdom of farming around your last sale is great, but you still have to make sure the math works and the math is not complex.